0: Sometimes people are focusing too much on sales of the book. And, you know, they might make $1, $5, maybe $20 on each book sale. But really, you can leverage that book to be able to get a much higher consulting assignment or coaching client or speaking engagement and earn more than just the sale of that book.
1: Power to Live More with Joe Dodds.
2: Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast. All about productivity, organisation, wellbeing, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice.
1: Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm a co-presenter and today Joe's is interviewing Deborah Ager of Rosian Media Labs. Deborah approached us to be on the show, which is happening more often now, so we feel like we are getting out there. As a marketer who has generated a hundred and four million dollars plus and a 25 time book collaborator. Deborah guides businesses who need help with content with what to say and how to say it to gain more business. In short, she mentors them on how to create business building content and gain more social and website sales. Her clients say her 20 plus years of content and marketing experience helps them avoid common pitfalls so they can inspire and educate their audience on the path to sales. Her articles have been published in The Week, Narratively, The Tablet, Greatest, and she's spoken at colleges and museums around the USA. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Deborah Ager of Radiant Media Labs.
2: Welcome, Deborah. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you.
0: Excellent. So start by telling us who you are and what you do and where you do it. Sure. Um, So my name is Deborah Ager, as you know, and I live in Maryland in the U.S., right outside Washington, D.C., and I help coaches to create content that helps them connect with other people while also growing their business.
2: Lovely. I'm just thinking, I really must get myself a map for my office and start pinning all the podcast guests' um, locations because i've never been that good at where everything is in relation to each other on uh, in america and i'm thinking this would be a good way wouldn't it of starting to (laughs) really really work it all out
0: (laughs) yeah excellent and And
2: yeah yeah exactly and um and there's been quite a few guests recently talking about the whole concept of content blogging and so on and it's something that i've said on a number of occasions i used to do quite a lot of a long time ago and then sort of fell out of love with if you like and it's really been interesting to have people in the last few months really raving about the importance of content still so even though i got a bit bored of it <laughs> apparently the internet didn't so <laughs> so um great to, to have you here to continue that conversation so Again, as I've said on many occasions on the podcast, you're one of the the guests we have that I'm sure won't have grown up saying this is what you wanted to do because what you're doing now wasn't really a thing, was it, back in the day? So tell us a bit more
0: about your journey and and why you do what you do. Sure. So many years ago, decades ago, I received and earned a graduate creative writing degree. So I have a Master of Fine Arts in Creative Writing. So I've been interested in writing for a very long time. And I actually put myself through grad school as a copywriter. Uh, I went to grad school in Florida, which a lot of people from other countries know because of Disney and because it's warm. And I sold a lot of grapefruit and oranges. So I, I think it's so funny that my copy sold a lot of grapefruit <laughs> of all the things. So um, so it was really quite lovely because it helped it helped me pay for grad school. And then as I moved forward in my career, writing was always a part of it. I never I may not have held the the title of copywriter in those roles, but I was always doing a lot of writing. I was always trying to persuade the C level to give me money for advertising or give me money for a marketing program. And I was working on advertising copy for Google AdWords, for landing pages, for large organizations, for million dollar organizations, billion dollar organizations. So I did that work for a really long time. And I also worked in digital marketing overall on marketing strategy. So when I set out on my own, I actually started my company as a marketing company focusing on search engine optimization and Google AdWords and other pay-per-click advertising methods. But I I really felt like my call to writing was still there. And I had spent a lot of my career teaching people how to write in a way that's good for both search engines and humans and had trained and coached and mentored people when I worked inside organizations. So over time it became this natural evolution to begin teaching other people how to do it and the first way i began to do that was through books so i collaborated with thought leaders agency owners coaches consultants on creating books to help them get more business so business building books and and then i i've moved more into helping people with other kinds of business building content not just books so that's kind of how my evolution has come to be and what i really love about content is that a book is a really big project and it takes a while to get it done and see the results. But with content, you can begin to see the results pretty quickly. And I know a lot of coaches want those results quicker rather than having to wait, wait around a long time for something to happen.
2: And so what sort of content are you helping people with aside from books?
0: I help people with their social media content primarily. A lot of the lessons around that do apply to other areas such as email and website copy. But I focus primarily on LinkedIn content because that's where I've had the most success because, and the reason I've had the most success there is it's where I spend the most time. So, um, and also because my copywriting for that platform, I've developed my systems and processes over time and have figured out what works well in the platform, what doesn't work well, and I'm constantly experimenting to see what's changed, how people, and how people react to different kinds of content.
2: Mm. so LinkedIn has gone through quite a, a big change in recent years I guess sort of following along a bit um with the sort of Facebook sort of lengthier copy sort of stuff what what what's working now on LinkedIn and, and what do you think is going to happen in the future because I, I think when it first came out that people could start blogging and writing more sort of lengthy copy and video and everything else people started to think it was going to be like Facebook and it has been a bit more chatty, definitely. I saw it as a positive, but some people saw it as as sort of um, dumbing down the business angle. Give us some thoughts from your point of view.
0: That's a really good point. There are a lot of people who are unhappy with the, the business angle or the business focus being lost. But I think that my guess is that LinkedIn knows what they're doing in this space because they wouldn't want to do something that doesn't work. And I think that being able to connect with people and talk about Subjects that are not just business-focused allows people to connect in another on another level. And mm. the bottom line is people like to do business with people when they feel like they know them. They're not going to generally do business with strangers or people if they don't know that they can do the work and if they don't know if they like them. It's really important. So I think that having a combination of content is a really good way to go. For sure, include some business content, but also include some other kinds of content that sort of sh- that show who you are. And one of the things mm-hmm. I think is important is that we, a lot of people say that, I think it's become cliche now, but people say you need to provide value and, you know, have a value bomb and offer a value bomb. But I think that we need more than value and content these days. What we really need are connection and what we really need are real experiences with other humans.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I was speaking at an event this morning and I haven't done lots of that recently um, for various reasons. And I came away thinking, oh my God, I should do more of this because I I like that sort of face-to-face stuff. I'm not so good at doing it online because I feel it's, um, I don't know, I think because I get less feedback because I like live speaking with real people. I'm not so keen on hmm. speaking to nobody, you know, and hoping that somebody will see it somewhere out there in the ether if you like. <laughs> um, but but it's interesting that I realized how how many ideas and thoughts and tools and things I can share with people in the moment. But I tend to think to myself, oh, I haven't got any content to share. Oh, I don't know what to say, or, you know, I don't know what's topical this week or whatever. But put me in a room with real people and I can't, I won't shut up. <laughs> so,
0: right, so it's right. interesting
2: the idea of having, you know, more social content and more conversation on LinkedIn as you say because that's the bit that sort of drives that that connection but but what about for for people like me who are much better in real life if you like <laughs> what do you suggest that
0: what about I'm sorry I didn't catch the last part of that what what about what
2: yeah people like me who see who sort of feel like I'm better in real life how how can I use LinkedIn more naturally I suppose would be the question
0: oh sure well, that's, a great, that's a great question and one that a lot of people have. I think that video can be good for folks. I know a lot of people find it scary, but if you feel like you're better in real life rather than in the written word, then I think that video can be wonderful and then use captions or add enough in the post of what you said so that people can read it without having to listen. So I think giving people those options is really important. And I think that sometimes, well, I know that sometimes people get stuck because they sit down to write and then they don't feel like themselves and they can feel uncomfortable with the whole process. But I think sometimes just getting onto video and just talking and keeping it to about a minute or two, knowing your point, talking about something you know well, and then just going for it can do a lot to help with that. And then to your point about what do I do because I'm better in real life, I would leverage that content to be able to connect with people in real life. So I'm having an in-person, a very small in-person connection slash gathering in Maryland where I live. And I'm sort of collecting and gathering some people that I've met online and we're going to meet up in a co-working space and co-work for a couple hours. So it's just one of the ways I'm always trying to take, when possible, to take the online connections offline to connect with people more deeply when it's possible. And it's not always possible because there might be several countries or an ocean between you and other people. (laughs) But when it is possible, (laughs) when it is possible, I think it's wonderful because you really get that, you know, the face-to-face interaction is lovely.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. There's something in um, Kent, where I live in the UK, called LinkedIn Live, I think. And I think it's connected to a, a wider organisation. I don't think it is just in Kent, but I went to one of their meetings recently and there were, I don't know, 200 people or something at the event. And it just, I thought it was quite ironic that it was, you know, all based around an online platform and yet it was an absolute sort of thriving event offline. Um, uh, you know at the same time
0: yeah definitely
2: so in back of the day when LinkedIn was sort of first getting going there was a lot of uh, emphasis on groups and that was sort of before we had this you know social extra blogging video and everything else stuff that we now have on LinkedIn are groups still relevant are they still useful to people who want to market their businesses
0: I think they can be useful. I think if you join groups that are filled with your ideal clients or with possible referral partners or business, you know, business partners of some kind or colleagues, they can be really useful. So one, the main challenge is that a lot of what gets posted in groups does not get seen unless someone sends you a link to it and you go to it. So in my, in my notification list, I'm never seeing posts from groups. So I think that that means that other people are not as well, and so the question remains: How much time does one spend in groups if no one's seeing any content that you post there? I think it can be useful in terms of being able to connect with more people, because if you're connected to people through a group, it allows you to send out some connection requests to people who are in that group, um, if that you know if that's a step that you want to take. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, including myself, end up using Facebook groups to because there's more engagement in those. And then we connect with people on LinkedIn, and then we invite people over to the Facebook groups, which provides a platform that offers more engagement than the LinkedIn groups.
2: Hmm. So, tell us a bit about how you work with your clients and what your sort of days look like
0: as a result. Sure. So, I have um, I'm wrapping up a coaching program that I had with with um, with different coaches and consultants on finishing their books, and so. I coach them through that process, and it's very similar for content as well. So now I'm gearing up for a five-day free content challenge. And so in that, I'll be offering a mini lesson each of the five days that's completely free once people sign up, and that takes them through creating their content, knowing who it's for, and figuring out you know, how to feel more confident with writing their content, how to know what to say, how to set up a plan that helps them know what they're going to do so it's not so much on the fly and uh, and then lots of time for them to be able to ask me questions about what they want to know more about so that's what I have coming up so I teach I coach people and I also mentor people and how do you
2: sort of do that from a shape of running the business so so the delivering the service bit is the sort of coaching and, and mentoring and that's when you're working one-to-one but then obviously there's the whole you know marketing of your own business and the running of your own business how, how do you um you know make sure that's all happening when you have that sort of client demand as well
0: yeah well I I focus on I've tested a lot of different things and then I've narrowed it down to focus on what works best for me based on what I like to do and based on what works in my Perfect. business so a few things <laughs> You're a great um, guest for the show. <laughs> yeah. So tell us more. <laughs> um, one thing that's really helped me is I've been using a tool called Zibsado, and that automates meeting sign-up. So people fill out a form on my website, and then they get an email back right away from my system. That and then if we end up working together, I send the contract through that. I send emails through that. And so it helps me get things out of my email and into the system so I can go back and see, oh, what was our schedule? You know, what did we decide to do, you know, in that plan that we put together, things like that. It also also helps with onboarding and helping them know, here's what's going to happen next, here are the steps. And so I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from that. People like the process that I take them through from the first phone call um, all the way through um, to onboarding and working with me. People have said like, oh my gosh, it's so organized. So I like having that in place. And then another thing that helps save me a lot of time is Calendly to assist with meetings. So I'm doing some live interviews on Facebook over the next couple of weeks. And so just simple things like setting that up so that people can go find the time that works for them and there's not a lot of back and forth. It just ends up saving hours and you save two hours here and four hours there and suddenly you've got a whole bunch of time back. So I'm I'm constantly finding ways to be more efficient with my time.
2: Yes, and I've had um, feedback in the past. I use time trade, um, similar to Calendly, um, of people saying, a bit like you said, about the sort of contract and communication system. People have have booked in for meetings with me and said how professional they think it's been. And, and you know, it doesn't take too much effort to set up those calendar tools, does it? But actually, the impression that it, it gives in terms of your... Um, that I, I think the value of your time as well as your organization is, is actually really important in terms of, of your you know, business profile, if you like.
0: Yeah, exactly. I agree. So any other
2: tools or apps that you use that you
0: would recommend? Well, I love the LinkedIn app, so I love it in order to connect with people on the go. So if I'm, if I'm in line somewhere or I have, you know how we all have that time in between different things, we're out running an errand, we have to get our car fixed, I don't know, whatever it is and we're stuck waiting for a while, I can keep working in short sprints on LinkedIn, I can post something, I can comment on other people's posts and engage with them and so I can do that in short sprints throughout the week and sort of use that time that would otherwise just be wasted. Waiting for something to happen elsewhere. Um, and I find that that's really useful.
2: Mm-hmm. Lovely. So we talked to, um, at the beginning about um, you helping people to write books. And there was a, a sort of season a, a good few years ago where everybody decided they needed to write a book because I'm trying to think, wasn't it? Was it, was it Daniel Priestley's book? Was one of the things, was it Daniel Priestley? It was about creating um, a profile in, by sort of demonstrating your expertise by writing a book and you know everyone said they were going to write a book but not many people did (laughs) and (laughs) um and you know it, it seems to be sort of getting you know popular again but still you know limited people actually take the time to do it and I think sometimes when people have written a book they don't always use it to promote themselves as effectively as they could as well what 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 are your thoughts around the importance of, of writing that book, how, how you do it, and, and then what you do with it?
0: Well, something I talk about with all content, including books, is knowing your mission and why you're doing something. So not why you're doing your business, why you're doing your book. Sometimes they're the exact same thing. So if you know why the book is going to help you fulfill your mission, then that will help you through the challenging spots. And writing a book is not something you can just do in a few hours. It does take time. And even if you do it all yourself, it takes an investment of time, which also costs you money because you're not spending time on business development during that time. I also see where a lot of people, what they really need are clients. They'll come to me and say they want a book, but what they really need to have first are more clients. And so sometimes people think a book is going to get them clients, but, but actually content will help them get clients more quickly and help them grow their business. And then they can be ready for a book later once they have that full book. Of clients, so I think that that's important to know. I think also to your point about people have published books and then didn't do much with them. I think that that can come from a mistaken notion that we're just promoting a book. And one thing that I work on with my clients is figuring out how to get the book into the overall marketing of their the overall content marketing of their business. So it's more integrated with their business marketing, and it's not this standalone piece that they're trying to. Promote separately from their business. So I would say the book mm. needs to be integrated into the business and marketed as an overall piece of the business. Sometimes people are focusing, to clarify that, sometimes people are focusing too much on sales of the book. And, you know, they might make $1, $5, maybe $20 on each book sale, but really you can leverage that book to be able to get a much higher consulting assignment or coaching clients or speaking engagement. And earn more than just the sale of that book. So one of my clients Mm -hmm. recently, because her book helped her land a large engagement with a company. And then they wanted a second engagement with her because of her book and wanted to also buy 30 copies of the book. So now she had the first engagement with them to do a training and workshop. Then she had a second one to talk with a group of managers and they were ordering books of hers for those managers so she took that one event and turned it into three and her book helped her do that so if she didn't have any clients or didn't know how to get clients she wouldn't have been able to do that so that's why I say first before you know if you have no clients or you don't know how to get them I would not do a book as the first step I would focus more on content more on social media content
2: mm-hmm. it's almost as well having that sort of um, overused word coming authenticity <laughs> to actually write a book you know if you if you have um you know you've not got that much experience in business and then you're writing a book about effectively what you're in business doing i guess that's not such a um a convincing book as as one that's written once you've got you know more experience and as you say more client success under your belt
0: yeah i totally agree and a lot of the people i tend to work with have at least 15 years of experience sometimes more I also encourage people to have their system, their framework, their process mapped out and have enough experience with it to share it with other people. So one example is a client I had, she'd worked for more than 20 years in one profession for a large company. And then she was transitioning to become a partner of a different company in the same field. So she was able to leverage the stories and the experiences she'd had working inside the company. So she had lots of experience to leverage. And so she had a lot of material to put into the book. But to your point, you're absolutely correct. If someone has just been out in the world for one or two years, it might be too early for them to write a book based upon a framework or system because they may not have had the time to gain that experience, to have the case studies and stories of success that are necessary to make a convincing book. Mm -hmm. So change the subject Uh,
2: yourself and your work and and your sort of personal life given you've been in business for quite a period of time how do you integrate those two things and and has that changed in the time from when you were working more corporately to to now working for yourself
0: um it has changed over time I've I've had different models as time went by so I started out with more of a consultation model and I was going into clients offices Sometimes, and then doing some of the work from home, you know, but I'd go in for meetings. So I had a schedule that changed quite a bit. And then I, as I went through that evolution that I mentioned earlier, I was able to, I ended up working from home more because my clients were distributed around the country. So going into an office to meet with them didn't matter as much. And all of that's affected, you know, the time I have to do non work activities, the time with my family. So it is nice to work from home. I do also like to get out and and meet with people, too. So I work that into my schedule in different ways. Mm.
2: And you mentioned having a a live event with some of your LinkedIn contacts. Is that driven by that need to get out and connect with people? uh, Or is it just sort of enhancing what you're doing on LinkedIn with them?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It kind of came out of this, this. something I started to do just recently called the writing session. So I have these free 30 minute focus writing sessions about once a month that people can sign up for. And it's a way to create space for people to create their content and to create content that really helps them connect with other people. And so when I had that and I used to teach a a class on that several years ago and people really liked it. It was generative writing, which is generate writing that they can use for a book, for their podcast, for other kinds of content, and so the in-person meeting kind of came out of that to have this focus space where we would have a little bit of chit-chat, a little bit of getting to know each other, and then we declare what we're going to work on for that time period, and then we work on it. So people really seem to like having that focused time because it's really this distraction city, as I call it, but we have our phones singing at us, we have you know, our laptop making noise, so we have all this clutter, going on around us and so having that focused time and also if we tell other people it it puts a little pressure on us to stay focused and then we're able to get a lot done in a lot less time
2: Mm -hmm. it's interesting some of the sort of concept of co-working spaces people uh, sort of say that's about some accountability and you know having that ability to have the sort of chit chat with colleagues that you wouldn't have if you worked from home on your own but when you add in accountability sessions and and as you say, sort of quite structured sort of get-togethers, it takes it way past what normal office life is like. Normal office life is like, you know, I remember working corporate myself. But I wouldn't say that it made us particularly focused <laughs> or that we were particularly accountable just because we sat near each other. Um, but interesting that when you sort of craft those moments to get together in real life, as it were. It, you know, it really can help that focus, can't it?
0: Yeah, it sure does. I never thought about it that way. And what, what, the way you describe it and how you compare it to working in a corporate office is really interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't remember being that organized before. Um, so what about yourself and learning and developing? You've you've sort of developed your business. You've changed your focus a bit over, over the years. How do you keep up with what the sort of current uh, state of affairs is? is that affect your business and, and you know, how do you keep yourself developing?
0: Well, I attend conferences from time to time. It's, uh, it's one way to connect with people and also learn more. Um, and then, although I have recently taken a little time off of conferences, but that was something that I've done for several years. And I also like to read a lot in my industry. So I like to read, you know, what's being put out by content companies, and how people are thinking about content. Um, and then also I do my own writing to synthesize what I'm learning from other places. I also I also read and engage on content on LinkedIn from different people, so that keeps my saw sharp or my knife sharp, so to speak. And, um, yeah, so just those, those methods really help me a lot with figuring things out. I like to listen to podcasts. I like to read books. So those mm-hmm. all help me as well.
2: Mm-hmm. And what about uh, your sort of top tip for content currently? What, what you think people should be focusing on?
0: Well, I think value is important, but I think it's important to think beyond value and to think to think toward connection and real experiences and how you can share something about yourself. And you don't want to overshare and share too much personal information, but sharing that, finding the right balance of what you want to share to make people feel connected to you and like they know who you are. Um, so I think that that's one thing that's really important. I think also a consistent writing practice is important. And some people think consistent means every day. It might not be every day for you. Maybe, you. maybe you prefer to do all your content creation on Sunday and get it out of the way and then you don't have to worry about it during the week. You can schedule it and it just goes out. Um, there is some people whose business model definitely doesn't require posting every single day. And they're able to get the number of clients they need by posting in a consistent way that works for them. So consist- consistency can mean three days, five days a week. It can mean every day. So just, I think it's important to figure out what that means to you. So those are the two important mm-hmm. tips that I would share. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Thank
2: you. And what are those days where it doesn't really work out well when it all goes a bit wrong? How do you deal with those?
0: I kind of rely on my self care foundation. So I meditate. I do yoga on a regular basis. Oh, and you had asked me earlier about apps I like. One of the apps I really like is Insight Timer, and they have they provide access to a lot of meditations. Some of them are raindrops that fall on the roof, you know, a recording of that. Others are guided meditations with someone walking you through something. So I find that that's really helpful. If I don't do that, then just meditation on my own. And then talking with trusted business colleagues is really helpful. Like just yesterday, I was trying to make a decision about something. I'd pretty much decided, but I wanted to feel good about it and process the decision. And so I called a business friend of mine and she walked me through some ways to think about it. So now I feel like I still have the same decision, um, but I feel more at peace with it. And like, I won't, you know, like I won't regret what I decided to do. So I think reaching out to business friends is really important, too. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's interesting what you were just saying about the um, meditation and the, the raindrops on the roof. I spent a good few weeks in my caravan this summer, um, which I think you call trailers in the States. And um, there were a few mm-hmm. times when I was trying to record my podcast and I had to postpone because there was lots of raindrops on the roof. <laughs> And at the time I wasn't seeing it as particularly meditative but you've just reframed it for me so next year when, when the, the rain gets in the way of my recordings I'll stop for a moment and do some meditation instead because actually that is one of the things I love about being in the caravan So when it's raining outside and it's all cosy and warm inside and you can hear you know, the, uh, the, the raindrops but uh, it, it's got to be timed properly otherwise it just becomes a bit of a pain. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that's lovely. You know, I went on a trip to France, and so for five days I had no internet. We were supposed to have internet in the Airbnb, and it didn't work out. And so I was going to the grocery store and walking around to try to do a little bit of connecting with people and and answer some emails. But it just you know you can't stand in the grocery store forever doing work. So and I was in a smaller town, um, so it's kind of comical. But then I thought eventually I just had to relax into it and be okay with the fact that. I wasn't going to be able to do what I wanted to do. Um, so it's just life. What can you
2: do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, for they haven't quite sussed it. I've been over there and been in complete pockets of no internet connection, even though it's, it's supposed to be there. And I, I had a podcast guest a few weeks ago, and we had to rearrange because she was in a chateau somewhere, and the walls were too thick, so the internet didn't work there either.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Those days where you have the chance to live more, and by that I mean get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the things that you feel you should do or you have to do, what does one of those days look like for you?
0: I think I'm at my best when I'm learning new things um, or engaging deeply with the things that I know. A wise woman recently talked about this idea of of harvesting from what we already know as opposed to, so you get to a certain period in life where you know a lot And then we can just harvest from what we know as opposed to always having to learn something new. So I love to re-examine what I know and think about it in new ways. And then I feel, you know, that makes me feel really good. And then just solving some kind of question, answering some kind of question I have or problem, you know, thinking more deeply about it. I do a lot of that through writing, you know, just through writing for myself and figuring out how I think about things and how I articulate what I'm thinking about and so all of that feels really good so and that helps me live more <laughs> yeah lovely I, I love the idea of um uh, sort of
2: knowing accepting that that you know a lot already uh, I was talking to somebody recently about the whole thing about just-in-time learning and how you know that's the sort of learning that's probably most pragmatic which is only doing the learning when you know that you need to know it um you know a lot of people just like learning, so off they go and learn tons of stuff, but actually, that quite often enables them to procrastinate on actually doing anything or taking action with that learning. So, I love the idea of sort of reflecting on what you already know and perhaps using that rather than thinking you must go out and find something new.
0: Exactly, and I think that helps with that shiny object syndrome that a lot of people have. So, uh, you know, where we jump from thing to thing, trying different tactics. It, the other thing is, you know, when I've had when I've had a day like that and I know that I've done my best for that day and I've had the chance to live more I also just know deep down that I followed my mission which is helping businesses build relationships and connections through words or through content and so when I've done that then I feel really good about my day
2: yeah yeah lovely thank you Deborah it's been really interesting talking to you tell people how they can find out more about you and connect with you
0: Sure. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can search my name, Deborah Eger. And then there's also my website, radiantmedialabs.com. Those are two great ways to connect with me.
2: Lovely. I'd have been really disappointed if you hadn't have said LinkedIn.
0: (laughs) Also, oh, I also have a Facebook group, so feel free to connect with me there. You can always email me, um, deborah at radiantmedialabs.com as well. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you.
2: All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 141, then you'll find them there. And this week, I'm not going to share any words of wisdom. I'm just going to uh, say have a good week. I'm actually in Spain visiting my cousin, uh, living more. (laughs) And uh, we're about to go out because it's sunny and it's going to rain for the rest of the week. So (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I'll be back next week with some thoughts for you. So again, the show notes are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 141 and we look forward to speaking to you next week
1: use your power to live more